ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Thanks for joining again on the No Higher Calling podcast. Um, As you saw from today's topic, the title, we are talking about homeschooling and discipleship. And Simeon is here with me on the podcast. Good to be back. Um, So we've been doing different episodes where he joins me. Goodness, like a couple months ago, we did two little episodes um, talking about dads and homeschooling. So that was really neat. If homeschooling is kind of something that is on your radar, or maybe you're like us and it is just an absolute passion of your life um, and something that consumes so much of your life and time and focus, uh, you'll want to go back and catch that episode. Um, But today he's going to join me again. So this would be a great one um, to grab your husband and listen. I'm going to do a little bit of introductory stuff. So if you want to grab your husband, wait a few minutes. Um, But we're going to talk about homeschooling and discipleship specifically. And this episode was prompted um, by the book that I am reading by Clay and Sally Clarkson, Educating the Wholehearted Child. This book is like the manual on homeschooling. It covers just about anything and everything that you could think of. And it is gold. Like as I'm reading through this book, I'm highlighting almost all of it. And and it is big. It is going to take me. I've been working on it probably for over a year and I just kind of plug away at it. And it's one of those, like you just don't read and close it and put it on the shelf. Like I, I read in bits and pieces because I need to digest it and think about it and implement it. Um, but it is great. And Clay and Sally Clarkson are a favorite of mine, specifically Sally Clarkson. I've said that before so many times on the podcast. Um, but their philosophy of education, their ideals, um, and really their heart for home education aligns so much with where Simeon and I are at. And we've talked a little bit about uh, homeschooling before. I mentioned the episode that he joined me with. Goodness, like early, early in the podcast, I talked a little bit about homeschooling. Um, But I get a lot of messages on social media and different things asking me about homeschooling. And a lot of the content that I share on social media is very centric to our homeschooling. Because like I said, we, we homeschool. And it is just so ingrained into the fabric of our days and of our family um, that that happens to be a huge portion of of my content of what I have to share in my life right now. Um, so this is not going to be a come like a homeschooling podcast. I know not everybody homeschools, and I like to keep this podcast diverse because it's fun for me, and I would assume that it's fun for you, and it just ticks about every box of interest for Christian women. So if this isn't uh, something that is of interest to you, stick around. We'll circle around to something again. Um, But for the next three episodes, we're going to hone in on homeschooling in particular. Sim's going to talk with me on this one um, about just some foundational things like why do we homeschool? What is our heart for homeschooling? Um, What does the Bible say about education and specifically home education? Um, Then the next episode is going to get really fun and practical. I'm going to share with you all the curriculum that we are using 
currently. So I know in the States, you're about to jump into a brand new school year. So everybody's abuzz and excited and listing all their curriculum. Well, in Australia, the new school year starts in January. So we're actually like halfway through our year. Um, but that's okay. We're kind of getting a fresh start with the um, last six months of the year with school, trying some new things. Um, so I do have our curriculum lineup to share with you. So that'll be coming. And then the third episode in this little homeschooling series, we'll be talking about homeschooling with toddlers and babies. That's a fun episode. Um, so stay tuned for that coming. But I also want to share, if you have not subscribed to my YouTube channel, um, you want to do that. Look up No Higher Calling on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Uh, there's a bunch of different random content to this point, but I'm going to try to put more homeschooling content on there. I know it's great to listen, but sometimes you just want to visualize these things. You want to see the curriculum, and that's currently what I'm working on. Um, at the moment, you should be able to see what our Bible lessons look like. So that was a fun video. I shared the curriculum that we're using, the different uh, resources, really resources, I guess, specifically for a Bible. We're not using a particular curriculum. It's just a hodgepodge. Um, but I have that that I highlight. I show you a glimpse into what our Bible lessons look like. And I'm planning on doing a video for kind of every subject that we're doing right now, showing you what we're using, what it looks like, uh, how homeschooling looks for us. So that that's I'm really excited about that. You want to hop over and subscribe and then... Like I said, the Bible lesson is out and we should be rolling out more of those subjects um, over the next several weeks. So anyway, uh, without further ado, we are just going to go ahead and jump into this episode. So if you want to grab your husband, uh, now is a good time to have him join in. So talking specifically about homeschooling and discipleship, let me reference um, another episode that we did yeah, so a while back, um, I finished a podcast that I did as a joint project with a pastor, um, another pastor, and um, it was called General Order 4. Just real quick, the fourth general order in the United States Marines uh, is to pass whatever orders you are given to the next person in line. So uh, if you're on a command post, you're supposed to give the orders to the next person. We used that as kind of a uh, way of explaining discipleship. We as Christians have been given orders from God. And it is our responsibility to pass those orders to the next people in line. And so discipleship is the process by which you train someone else. And so that was what that podcast was about. If you want to check that out again, that was called General Order 4. It is still available um, basically wherever you listen to podcasts. And that was geared. I mean, it was you too. So it's geared kind of more towards men, specifically men in ministry or right. just Christian men who are really trying to have that discipleship model, whether they are seeking to be discipled, you're looking to disciple someone. Um, but we did a podcast episode where we kind of like recorded it at once and posted it on both podcasts, his and mine. I'm called Parenting and Discipleship. And um, it was great. It was a great conversation all about how um, I think sometimes we neglect that aspect of parenting, but really that is our call as parents. We have been entrusted with these souls, really. Um, and we have influence on them unlike anyone else. And so often we delegate that, whether that be to the church or to the Christian school or to the public school or to, you know, whoever. Um, and, and I get different life circumstances. Everybody's life looks different. Um, your life isn't going to look exactly like ours. But whatever life uh, God has called you to, we believe that it is the parent's primary responsibility to be the one that is discipling their children. 
Um, so I'll link that episode if you want to go and check that out. Um, but today, talking specifically about homeschooling and discipleship, we linked those two really because it's our our heart and our interpretation of what Christ intended discipleship to be that brought us to the point where we realized homeschooling is the choice for our family. Yeah, and when we meet God someday, we're I'm sure we're going to find out that we didn't do everything great and perfect, but everything else that we'd say take so seriously, but in how we discipled our children. And we believe that it's our responsibility to use every avenue that we can to Begin to continue to disciple them to teach them more about God, and in whatever way we can incorporate those incorporate those lessons, we want to try and and do that. And we've just decided as a family that homeschooling is part of how we're going to do that. So, just at the beginning, why don't you just to lay a foundation here? Because really, everything is going to build upon this. What is discipleship? We've been kind of throwing that word around. Let's just define it, and then kind of work our way from there. Okay, so um, discipleship is, I, I defined it as the concentrated training of a willing person towards Christ-likeness. If you think of it in a church setting, you are training a person who has a desire to be more like Christ. If you're the person who's doing the discipling, then I assume that means that you're further along uh, in your Christian journey than the person that you're teaching. You as a parent, especially a Christian parent, are further along than your child is, and so, as far as this extends to discipling your children, you're bringing them towards Christ-likeness. Um, so again, that definition was discipleship is the concentrated training of a willing person toward Christ-likeness. Discipleship is a very one-on-one, intimate relationship. Um, it is not something necessarily that can happen in a large group setting, or um, it's even a little bit of a different relationship and different mentorship and spiritual um, connection than even like a pastor would have with his congregation, because it is a life investing in a life. And it is not a perfect life, um, bringing the imperfect life along on their perfect path. None of us are perfect. But like Simeon said, as the more mature person, um, and that all, that always isn't maturity age-wise. That could be spiritual growth. We've talked about the sanctification road before. Um, the person that is further down that path, you should always have someone behind you that you are bringing forward. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Um, the disciples... Their call, Jesus said that their call was to be with him. It's this intimate relationship. And I really can't think of a more intimate discipleship relationship, maybe other than the marriage relationship, than the relationship that the parent has with the child. It's a call to be with You are together, whether you're together every moment of every day, like I am with my kiddos, or whether you do send them to school or whatever your life looks like. The New Testament example of discipleship, um, the disciples of John and the disciples of Jesus both completely left their way of life to follow the Lord Jesus Christ or to follow John in the case of the disciples of John. Um, So they left what they were doing to follow this teacher. Um, when you are being discipled, you are in essence supposed to be leaving the world behind to follow Christ. Um, you're not following whoever's discipling you, you're following Christ. Um, as a parent, when you disciple your children, you are teaching them that we are pilgrims in this world and that we are to leave this world behind to follow Christ. So 
the for us that means that we've chosen to homeschool because um, it gives us a more concentrated ability to do that. And so we'll talk about that a little bit. Let me give you two quotes from the uh, book by the Clarksons. The first one is, A home-centered, wholehearted approach to learning is a biblical lifestyle, not an institutional experiment in education. It is a renewed expression of life and learning located within the trusted biblical institution of the home. Um, the current model of education is relatively new considering the history of mankind. Um, really, from the beginning, the long-term um, kind of stood the test of time model of education was a more home-centered uh, parental instruction, um, maybe even like a mentorship, apprenticeship type instruction. But you really had this investment of life, this one-on-one -on -one transfer uh, of more than just knowledge, but of lifestyle, of, of beliefs, of way of life. Um, and I know that in past episodes when we've talked about parenting and homeschooling, um, the passage in Deuteronomy comes up often. Um, you know, that if you're to be instructing your children in righteousness, when you walk, when you, you know, when you walk by the way, when you rise up, when you lie down, this continual ever present thing, again, insert, this is where we just have come to, if we're going to do this the way we feel like God has for us to, for our family, home education is what we need to choose. Another quote says, home education is not our primary goal. Home nurture and discipleship are. And home education is simply the natural extension of those biblical priorities. If we are nurturing the life of Christ in our children's spirits to want to know and follow him, and we are discipling our children to be used by God in his church and kingdom work, then that process will also naturally include preparing them intellectually to be thoughtful, productive, and competent adults in the world in which they will live, work, and raise a family. I hope you got that because I get that that was a long quote, but that was packed. And basically boiling it down, they're saying that education isn't even the primary goal. And I understand in our world today the pursuit of academia is so um, high that sometimes that is the driving force for families. They will sacrifice so many other things in pursuit of, of a grade, of a scholarship, of a particular school. Um, and, and while, don't get me wrong, we want our kids to to do the best that they can. I mean, we want them to know and learn, and we love seeing them excel but our goal as Christian parents is this home nurture and discipleship is raising them to know Christ, to desire to know him for themselves, to, to know what it looks like to follow him. Not perfectly, but the Bible says a just man falleth seven times, but he rises back up. That's what we hope that they see in us. And as they watch that, as they are with us, as they are seeing this modeled constantly because we're almost together 24 seven that they are learning then when they become adults, that they know how to walk in the way in which he has called us. So when we homeschool our kids, um, obviously we, we are involved in their academics and we want them to excel academically. But like she said, that's not the primary goal. Their primary goal is to bring them along and let them to know God and let them know Christ better. And so in doing that, when we're studying science, 
we're learning about not just the scientific aspects of things, but God made this world and he put the laws of science in place. And so they are learning not just about the academics, but about the God who made these things and designed these things. So there's not a difference for us between home time and school time. While they do have some school-specific things that they have to do, like math worksheets and stuff like that, um, it's all learning. And we want them to constantly kind of, we want them to have, we had, a, we had an episode where we talked a lot about having a lifestyle of learning. We want them to have a lifestyle of learning. Um, Brittany and I are constantly trying to learn new things all the time because we want them to see us constantly learning as well. Um, because a lifestyle of learning is a lifestyle in which you're acknowledging God as the awesome creator and that he is. And so we're constantly learning something new because God made so much that we could never possibly learn at all. There's so much to learn about what God made. So there's not really a distinction between home time and school time. It's all school time. We're always learning something. I don't say this comment to appear negative to a traditional school or public school or whatever. But I do think that model has compartmentalized learning more so um, to where you have school and then you have home and then you have extracurricular and then you have church. And Everything unfortunately is- it gets divided into school and fun. Yes, yes. And because of that, like Simeon said, school in because of that has its own negative connotations. Um, whereas I feel like more in the homeschooling model and, and I'm not saying that my kids just wake up every day cheering, hooray, we get to do school. Um, and like Simeon said, there are structured times of our day where, Hey, we sit down and we do our math workbook. And so we do have that structure there, but, um, the learning is so woven into every part of our day, it's not like when the textbook time is over, our brain shuts off and then we veg out. We try to incorporate learning. And and that's been something that has been so beautiful about really embracing home education and home nurture and discipleship and all of this um, for the potential of what it really can be. Is like Simeon said, um, I, you know, I am amazed as I'm really the one that's home with the kids all day, every day. He's gone more. Um, I'm the one doing a lot of this instruction, how God just shows up everywhere. If you look for him, he's there. Um, the lesson, biblical lessons, biblical principles tie in everywhere. Um, and, and learning ties in everywhere. You know, math isn't just textbook time. Math is when we're making lunch together and we're measuring out ingredients and we're cooking. And it's when we're doing grocery store trips and price comparisons and, you know, vocabulary and spelling is happening when we're doing our read alouds in the evening with daddy. And like all of this stuff is just so interwoven and interconnected, um, that it just, learning is life and life is learning. And I think that is so important because while there is a level of academic things that yes, they need to know to be a successful adult. We are seeing so many adults grow up and they don't know the simple basic things like, okay, maybe they've got like a master's degree in ancient art and history but they can't wash their own load of laundry. They can't mow their yard. They don't know how to change a tire. 
Um, they don't know how to convert a recipe from Fahrenheit to Celsius, which is something that we're having to learn right now. But because life and home and school and all of this is so interwoven, we have a greater opportunity to bring the kids into that. You know, maybe we're in between our language arts and our math lesson, but the practical aspects of home are, I've got to get a load of laundry thrown in in between this. So, hey, everybody's here with me anyway. Why don't I bring the toddler and have her sort colors and whites and put them in the... So, like, all that to say, so... there. I mean, these might seem like little things, but... We really feel like in our call to be a wise steward and a parent and disciple, it's all of this education, all all of this learning, all of this growing, all of this becoming an independent adult who can fulfill the purpose that God has created them for. Um, It just, it's so interwoven into everything that this model, we just, we come back to again and again. And before we even had kids, we've shared this before, we knew we wanted to homeschool. We weren't quite as solid on our reasoning back then. But I feel like every time we come across a a book or a scripture passage or something where this topic comes up, Simeon and I come to each other once again and we're like, yes. I think to further explain our reasoning, some of our reasoning behind why we're doing this, we have to go into what God designed certain institutions to do. So there are three God-ordained institutions The first one that God ordained was the family when he created Adam and Eve and he put the two of them together and he said that the man should leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife and they twain would become one flesh. Be fruitful and multiply. He gave them the command (laughs) to be fruitful and multiply. Um, He gave them lots of other commands as well to take dominion over the earth and to subdue it and all of these kinds of things. So that was something that was given to the family and for mankind in general to complete. The second institution God created was government. He created government um, when he uh, that kind of culminated over time, but the he he gave it more formally in the form of the children of Israel. But even before that, he gave the government certain responsibilities. So he ordained government, and the purpose of the government is to bear the sword. Um, in other words, the government is supposed to protect us against ourselves. That's what the government is for policing that kind of thing, so that we can protect our us from ourselves from each other. All right, so that's the second institution. The third institution was the church. When Jesus instituted the church, he said to Peter, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock, speaking of himself, I will build my church. Um, So he instituted those three things. The church's job is to go into all the world and to preach the gospel to every creature. He gave those three institutions specific jobs. To the family, he gives children. He does not give children to the government. He does not give children to the church. You might want to repeat that. He does not give them to the government. <laughs> Some people are quite confused. <laughs> Hopefully not family. my listeners. But. <laughs> and unfortunately, the church has also been, uh, it has encroached on this. And actually, in the, in the podcast we referenced earlier, we did an episode on this where we talked about the difference between family, church, and government. In your podcast, um, yeah. Yes. General Order and so, but the, we went into that in a bit more detail, but... The, they, all, they all have different responsibilities, and they're all good when they stay in their own zone. And they're meant to work together. They are, me- they are meant to work together. Unfortunately, the problems occur when any one area steps outside of its obligations and begins to take the obligations of another area. So we all like to complain about government overreach into the church, 
right? We, we complain about that all the time. Maybe, you know, some people don't think the churches should pay taxes, and some people don't think that the government should be involved in regulating what's coming from the pulpit, and I would agree with that. Um, and so would John Bunyan. He spent a lot of time in jail. So um, when one area overreaches, that's where we have a problem. Usually that overreach starts because somebody didn't do their job, and so somebody else tries to step in to do that job. In one, at one time, if you wanted to be educated at all, you had to go through the Catholic Church. So the Church has done this as well. Um, in now, the government has stepped in and taken control or attempted to fill in the gaps in education because, I believe, families weren't doing their job because God gave children to families. Now, if your family has chosen to take that responsibility and do it through a school or something like that, I'm not, I'm not going to get into that right now. But we have chosen as our family that we have, we've chosen that homeschooling, we are taking direct responsibility for the education of our children because God gave the children to the families. He did not give them to the government. He did not give them to the church. And I think this also, as it applies to discipling your children— the church is not responsible for the spiritual welfare of your children. They're your children. You are responsible for the spiritual welfare of your children. Now, you can't make your kid a perfect little Christian. <laughs> they have to make their own decisions. But when they grow up, they should be being taught the scriptures from you. Should the church be helping you? Sure. But I think a lot of parents have their kids in church and when their kids get old and they graduate high school and they move out of the house, they don't stay faithful to Christ. And then the parents scratch their head and they want to blame the youth pastor or they want to blame the church because their kids are not in church anymore and they were supposed to teach them these things. But no, you were supposed to teach them these things. The parent's job is to uh, disciple the children. So, and we've chosen to do that through homeschooling as through many, many other means as well. But when you come to the topic of homeschooling, I mean, whether it's just messages I've received or books I've read, you're, you're always going to find that chapter or that discussion of, well, I can never homeschool because, I mean, there are so many reasons that you could put in that blank. And, and we said at the beginning, we can only speak for how God is leading our family. Um, it is not our jurisdiction to tell you how to, to lead or, or just make decisions for your own family. Um, but God's given us this podcast platform. And as we've said again and again, it is just an overflow of our life and our calling. Um, no higher calling. It, it, it is an overflow of the calling that God has placed on my life. And obviously, if you've stuck with us this long through this podcast episode, part of that is homeschooling. Um and I know there are a lot of people, I get a lot of questions of, you know, maybe wives who they're, this is where their heart is, is leading. And they feel like the Lord is really impressing this upon them for their homes, but the husband might not be on board. Um, or maybe you're thinking like, well, I love the idea. I love um, the reasons behind it, but these are my reasons why I can't. And I understand some circumstances, you just, you, that you have a legit reason. But I'm just going to say, good things often come at a cost. There is often sacrifice required. 
this area is not an exception to that. Um, and, and whether, I mean, take home education off the board completely. Parents, Christian parents, truly discipling their children is going to require sacrifice. It is a cost. You know, the more that I parent and the more that I realize how much I need the Lord and I get a clear glimpse of what I believe from Scripture He wants from parents, I think of Timothy's mother. You know, in a wicked pagan culture with a more than likely wicked pagan unsaved father, Timothy was a boy that grew up strong for Christ, a a servant of Christ. And it was because his mother and his grandmother, what does it say about them? It says they had a real faith. This is what we're talking about. This is the discipleship we're talking about. That in the day in, day out, was Timothy homeschooled? Did he go to the Greek school? I don't know. I can't answer that question. But I know that his mom and his grandma lived out this discipleship model in their home. They were not perfect people, but they sought to follow Christ. It was real to them. It was real to them. They, they loved the Lord. They were passionate about the Lord. And that is what captivated the heart of Timothy. That is the introduction to Christ that he received, an introduction that kept his heart burning on fire for Christ throughout his life. And all that to say, like I said, whatever choice you choose for education, the, the discipleship has a cost. To have that real faith, that requires sacrifice of your own self. Simeon said before, you know, if we want our kids to love learning, we've got to model that. To model that means we have to put forth the investment on our own end. If we want to have this real faith, we've got to put forth the time, the sacrifice, the effort into developing that in our own life, into becoming more like Christ, and then take it a step further so you choose home education for your family. Yes, it is going to require sacrifices. We do not have a two-income household. Um, You know, I I stay home with the kids. There are sacrifices that have had to be made. Um, There are sacrifices of, of my time, of time that I could have for me and for things that I want to do that I don't have because I'm investing so much time into the education of my children. Um, and, and I'm not saying that is a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just stating a fact. There are sacrifices. You do have to count the cost. But every time we come back to it and we say, is it worth the cost? Is home education worth the cost? Is this discipleship worth the cost? Is trying to lead our children in a godly, righteous way worth the cost? It's always worth it. It is always worth it because the value is not temporal. The value is eternal. In Matthew 6, Christ talks about, Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Children are priceless, eternal treasures. We were at a church when we were on deputation, and I think his wife was about to have their, like, 10th kid. they, They had a lot, a lot of kids in a very short amount of time. Back to back kids. Um, And he made a comment that somebody asked them, why do you have so many kids? And he so calmly and just collected said, because it is the only thing that I can take to heaven with me one day. And that so spoke to my heart about, wow, this guy has his priorities. Now, I'm not saying everybody's called to have a family of a dozen kids, but 
his treasure was in the right place. They had to make sacrifices as a family. If you choose, um, if you choose this this lifestyle, if you choose pursuing Christ, sacrifices will have to be made. But children are worth it. Their souls are worth it. The truth is, you're going to make those sacrifices somewhere, regardless. Some people, they make the sacrifice to further their kid's education, and they do everything they can. They spend the money, they pay the tutors, they do everything they can to to sacrifice so that their kid has an education. Some people are really, really diehard into the sports kind of thing. Um, when I was a kid, I wouldn't say we were diehard into sports, but um, I was involved in basketball. And you know what that meant? That meant that my mom had to take me to practices. That meant my, my parents had to drive to away games and they had to spend their afternoons and evenings at um, ball courts. And there was a sacrifice involved in that so that I could play basketball. Um, now, obviously, that nothing, that nothing ever came of that. Um, but my <laughs> no point Shaquille is... No Shaquille O'Neal over no, here. Um, my point is there is a sacrifice made somewhere. Even if your kid does nothing and you don't let them do anything, you're sacrificing the kid. But you're going to sacrifice something. And you might as well make it something that will have an effect for eternity. Somewhere... There's going to be a sacrifice because you cannot do everything. So something has to be sacrificed. And the question is, what are you going to do that's going to have the most eternal impact? What are you going to sacrifice to maximize your eternal gain? Um, because you are going to sacrifice somewhere. We sacrifice for what is important to us. And that's really the point of this whole podcast episode um, is is really to reach out to the people. You know, if you're listening and you already homeschool, you're probably like, yes, amen, right there with you. Um, if you have not chosen to homeschool, then maybe you have your reasons for that. Um, and good for you. You follow God's calling on your family. No matter but, what you need to think through. Yeah, I'm, I'm really speaking to those people that I hear from. That they're just like, we're on the fence, we're in the middle, we don't know what choice to make. Or maybe one spouse is on board and the other spouse is hesitant. The point of this is just to give a testimony of what God has done, is showing us, is teaching us in our life. And then you make your decision. You're responsible for your decision, just like we're responsible for ours. Um but that's it. And just a couple other things here, just talking about reasons why there's hesitancy. I mean, you know, I know some people will be like, well, I just, I'm not educated enough, or I don't have a teaching degree, or there's no way. Or a lot of people think, I'm, okay, well, maybe in the early years, but there's no way I could do it in high school. And let me be honest with you, the, the thoughts of chemistry and physics and calculus and all like, oh my goodness, I can't even fathom, but you know what? I don't have to fathom that today. That's down the road and God gives strength for each day. And thankfully Simeon's more intelligent in those areas than I am. Um, but I love this quote from the Clarkson's book. It says, your influence in your child's life is not derived from how smart you are, but rather how committed you are to becoming all that you need to be in order to help them become all that God wants them to be. Maybe I'm just hormonal and pregnant, but that makes me want to cry because I am not the sharpest pencil in the box. Um, I love education. It's always been a part of my life. I mean, even from when I was a little girl and I played school, you know, when I got home from my Christian school. Um, but I am committed 
I'm committed to Christ. I am committed to our family. I am committed to the calling he's put on our life. And I am committed to my kids. And I'm going to do my best to be all that I can be to help them become all that God has for them. And you know what? I don't know what God has for them to be. So that means that we need to just be feasting on everything out there, learning all that we can, growing. And I mean, I've made this joke before with Simeon, but I'm getting so much more my second time through first grade than I ever did the first time through first grade. But like my heart's committed. We're learning and it is just, it's been great. So all you got to be is one step ahead of your kid. Don't let that daunt you. And then I know the socialization thing always comes up. Um, But they say that the real world of home, family, work, and ministry prepares children to work with people of all ages in actual situations that they will experience as adults. Um, Our kids lack nothing in socialization. And part of that is because we are very involved in a local church. Um, But, but, there are so many ways that your kids can stay involved and beyond just of a class of 30 other seven-year-olds. You know, they can be talking with elderly people, with young adults, I mean, of all spectrums. Um, yeah, you and I were talking one time and it was like, um, can you think of any better way to help a seven-year-old grow up than to shove them in a room full of other seven-year-olds for six hours a day? <laughs> Like, that's not gonna that's not gonna help them become more social. But um, when you homeschool, especially being a member of a church, they have a community around them. I mean, our kids are buddy buddy with sixty five year old ladies, and so you know, like that that is is I, I would take that any day over any supposed socialization they're gonna get by being in a school. And that might not be necessarily structured education, but in those conversations, in those friendships, they're getting life experience. They're getting a, a pieces to the puzzle of what this world is and what it looks like um, that is unique. And, and homeschooling affords us more of that. We have more time to reach out beyond, you know, our, our, ourselves and, and different things. But this is going longer than we anticipated it to. So I ha- here at the end, um, the Clarkson's list, biblical reasons to homeschool, they have a huge long list. And I could say yes to every one of them. But we really pulled out five of the top ones that Simeon and I, our hearts just connected and we're like, yes, these are important to us. So do you just want to bullet point through those really quick? I don't even think we can probably share all the scriptures. I'll just put all that below. Um, but do you just want to kind of read through those? Sure. Um, so here we go. Bullet point. Five, uh, there's five points. Homeschooling allows the greatest opportunity for emphasizing God's word in a child's life. That's just daily talking about God's word while we're doing things. Homeschooling, number two, homeschooling allows the greatest opportunity for strategic discipleship influence in a child's life. Um, again, we're talking about things as we're going, but we have the ability to instill those things with personal life examples and it um, gives us strategic ability to train them in the direction tailored to them, unlike any school setting they could possibly have. It's custom tailored to that particular child. Also, because we spend so much time with them, we have a real-life moment-by-moment play on, on strengths, on weaknesses, on things that we need to instruct them on. You know, maybe one kid 
doesn't struggle with lying at all, but, but another does. Okay, because I'm with them seeing that, I know where I need to focus some of that discipleship, some of that word of God, bringing that in constantly throughout my day um, into just the everyday. And when you're sending them off to school every day, you, you don't see that. And sometimes they might be adults with habits that they've formed as children that you never caught because you weren't with them enough to catch it or you didn't see it. Um, you know, so I know that even from my own life, I've caught things in myself as an adult that I doubt my parents ever even knew that I struggled with, you know, um, because they didn't know me that well. Let me just give a word here too, to the moms. I, I think those two things and here we're acting like that's such a positive thing. It is a positive thing. But I also have the side of my brain that's being like, it doesn't always feel positive because, yeah, I also get a front row seat to all of my children's uh, sin issues. Well, guess what? They get a front row seat to mine as well. And uh, nothing brings that out quite like motherhood coupled with homeschooling. We're together. We, you know, when you live life, when you're with this with we're talking about, you see the good, the bad and the ugly. Um but, but we can, we work through those. And I think sometimes I know as a mom, just keeping that perspective while yes. Okay. For the 50th time today, we're going to say our scripture verse about tattling. It's also a, the 50th opportunity that I have to show them that they need the Holy Spirit's working in their life to help them to be victorious over sin. So the next one is homeschooling provides the best setting for dynamic learning through exposure to real life experiences. I think this one's huge and we really don't have time to go into it too much, but um, I mean, just everyday ordinary things, how to use tools and that kind of stuff that so many people don't get the opportunity to learn. Um, Next one, homeschooling provides the best setting for discovering and developing spiritual gifts and personal skills and talents. Do you want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah, um, like I said earlier, you know, when you get a front row seat to weaknesses, you also get a front row seat to strengths. And because your child's education is not, you know, um, tailored to the average kid out of a million first graders in your country, you get to make their education unique for each individual child. Um, Because of that, Maybe you need to spend a little bit more time in math, but you can shorten other areas, which allows you the opportunity and the freedom to, hey, if they're really showing, uh, we have you know a child that is really showing aptitude in music, um, in, in abilities on the piano. So we're able to make time for that um, in our day because I, I'm curtailing the education specifically to that child. Um, you know, as, as other children are getting, you know, we don't have too many that are like older, older, but as they're growing and showing interest, especially as I think they'll be getting into their teenage years, um, it's just such a unique opportunity to make it exactly what they need to thrive. And, and like we said, tying it all the way back to helping them be able to grow up and to be equipped to fulfill the calling that God has upon their life, nobody is going to see the strengths and the weaknesses quite like the parent. Um, And home education really gives that opportunity to fine-tune both of those aspects. 
And as far as it's concerning to discipleship, it's never too early to begin to seed ideas into your kids about their skills and talents and how they can use them for the Lord. You have a kid who's particularly artistic. Great. How can they use their artistic talent to encourage someone at church? Or you have a kid who's really, really good at mathematics. How can you? T- what can you teach them about mathematics and how the God, how God made the Earth so mathematically precise? Um, so it can always it can always wrap back around to discipling them and teaching them more about God and how to use their skills for the Lord. I feel like I quote this Westminster Catechism a lot. It's the only catechism that I know, but it's so good. The first one is, what is the chief end of man? A man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. I feel like home education, home discipleship, this nurturing, this this cultivating brings the ability to show your child, even as little ones, as they're having strengths, as they're showing aptitude for things, as they are developing these talents, we can help show them ways that this can glorify God. And ultimately, you can enjoy Him forever in a better way because, like I said, everything we learn, God is in it. Um, I have a kid who can name flags of countries like nobody's business, um, and they're young. But, okay, so how, how does that tie in? So they're, they're skilled in this way. You can glorify God. Man, we connect those countries with people, and those are people that need the gospel. And I had that child, we were learning about South America, and they knew all the flags of this country. And I find that child in their closet praying, asking God if maybe one day he would have them be a missionary to South America. Um, I mean, and something is simple, and that may seem like, oh, wow, that was that was a far stretch to connect those two things, but, but they were connected. And that child better was able to enjoy the Lord as we brought that in to just the day in day out education of geography and of of learning something like flags i saw that child be able to to get a glimpse of how their life might glorify christ and how they can enjoy him deeper as we learned about his amazing creation about unique animals and and tastes and sights and smells and people groups and the last one is homeschooling is the best way to live out the biblical picture of walking with your children on God's path of life until they walk it on their own. Um, your primary responsibility as a parent is to develop a child so that they don't need you anymore. It's, it's kind of a weird, it's one of those jobs you're working yourself out of a job, right? Um, they will always need you as long as you're alive because you're there, you're, they are your kids. Um, so in one sense, they will need you, but you also, as a parent, your ultimate goal is to train them to the point that if you suddenly died and were out of the picture, they would be fine that they could make it on their own, not just physically. Yes. You want them to be able to take care of themselves. You want your boys to be able to provide for their families. You want your daughters to be able to be good mothers and, um, all those kinds of things. And those are good things. But, um, more importantly than that, if you were gone, like Moses's mother at an early age, would they still be Christians 20 years from now? Would they still be following the Lord without your help? Uh, you want them to be able to stand on their own 
two feet physically. And more importantly, you want them to be able to stand on their own two feet spiritually long after you're gone. I've talked before on the podcast about taking the legacy look. Um, but the reality is if God tarries his coming and the Lord chooses to provide our children with spouses and to bless their homes with children, um, we are currently raising the parents of our grandchildren. Um, and that may be scary to think about if you've got like a home full of toddlers and <laughs> little ones like we have right now. Um, but I think sometimes in parenting, it's good to take that long look. Um, where do we want to be in 20 years? Where do we want to be as individuals, as a couple, as a marriage? Um, but where do we hope that our children are? This sanctification road, we talked about this extensively as we studied through the book of Titus um, last year on the podcast. Um, but I think of the verse here that the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. I, I, I think I got it right. That might be a little bit off, but I'll post the reference in the comments. Um, but, but life is like a path. We use that illustration with our children. Proverbs gives it to us again and again, and it's a wonderful illustration. It is a path. It's a race that we run. It is a journey that we walk with Christ being the, the end goal, the prize, um, achieving our Christ-likeness in, in a perfect body as we are with him one day in glory. But right now, like Simeon talked about at the beginning, as we're on this pilgrimage, as we're walking through um, this life, it is a path. Um, and right now, there's a lot of slipping. They're immature. They, they don't know. And hey, we were too when we were little. I think sometimes as parents, we have to have grace and remember, um, we were little once too. And somebody held our hands and showed us the way. Um, and oftentimes, even as adults, we slip and fall and we need those, those mature ones, those disciplers to hold our hands and get us back on the path. But that, that's what life is. That's what life is, linking hands with those in front and behind and walking this path of life together. Um, but specifically with our children, these are the, the, the people that God has entrusted us. I mean, these are the little us. God has given us these children, and we are to to model for them what it is to look like the, or to walk this path of life. Um, I think again here of Timothy's mother and his grandmother. They walked this path. They showed Timothy a real faith, not a perfect faith, but a real faith, a faith that when they messed up, when they got on the off the path, a faith that did what was required to get back on. And to continue to walk, continue to trust. And when Timothy grew up, he was able to walk it on his own. Um, and, and that really is, is our heart's desire in everything we do. Um, but as we really see parenting as, as a stewardship area that God has given us, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to fail. We've said it on the podcast before. We're young. We're young parents. And we might look back on these episodes one day and be like, wow, if we only knew what we know now. I mean, we will. We will. It's part of living life. Um, but we are pursuing Christ. We do seek to have his heart for our home, for our children, for our family. Um, and we just have come to the conviction, really, that Home education best aligns with the calling that God has given us to disciple our children within our home. 
I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home, and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to fall more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman he's called you to be. Thanks for listening.